Friday. Why Friday? It's the weekend. It's the weekend. Start the weekend. So let's look at verse 
And it's not about, it's not really a plant term. It's not like a, a botanical term, bio, biological term. It's actually a religious term about the kingdom of God. Uh, he uses the same term in Mark 1, um, 14 through 15. I'll read that real quick. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, this time is fulfilled. This time would be the same word as it was karyos. It's the same word. Now we use it in different translations in English. But it's talking about the kingdom of God. And it's saying that this, this tree is not, it's not the time for it anymore. It's time for something else. So he curses it. He puts an end to it. That seems harsh. Like, he killed a tree. Now, anybody that, loved, anybody that is a tree hugger, um, don't be mad at Jesus. Uh, let's remember that there's a purpose for everything. And later on, when they leave the temple, Peter sees that tree that's withered all the way to the root, which means it's completely destroyed. Nothing is left of it. It cannot come back. This fig tree is a representation of the temple that Jesus is about to go into. See what happens here. So he talks about the fig tree, and then he puts, then he talks about the temple, and then they come out of the temple and they talk about the fig tree again. He's sandwiching in a story to prove a point. The time for the temple. It's coming to an end in this time. But you might be asking, what, what is it? We don't have a temple. I mean, we have a church building, but that's not the same thing as a temple, a Jewish temple. But there is a temple today. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price to glorify God in your body. See, the temple of God is now believers in Christ. The temple of God is now believers in Christ. Okay? Now, then he goes into the temple. And what do we make of Jesus Wrecking the temple. What do we make of this? Because he's, he's not just cleaning it up. He's not getting rid of the bad people in it. See, Jesus is not seeking to purify the temple. He's not seeking to redeem the temple. He's literally attacking the temple and heralds its destruction. The function of the temple it's a place for God, a place for people to worship God. He's putting an end to that. He's, he, see, you don't have to worship God in a, in a building. God's presence isn't just in the building like it was in the temple. And he quotes two prophets, Isaiah. First he says, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. See, what happened was the Jewish people were, were, they were God's chosen people. 
And they thought they had God to themselves. But back in the day, God said, he told Abraham, the, the father of Israel, the father of the nation of Israel, said, one day I'll use you to bless all the nations. And Isaiah later quotes, uh, this quote talks about my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But what was happening is the Jewish people weren't letting people come, other nations come in. They were saying, oh, you're a Gentile. You can't worship God. You can stay in this one spot right here. And so what they were doing was not allowing people to worship God. But he goes on to even call out the Jewish people in their temple even more. Because then he quotes a Jeremiah. He says, but you have made it a den of robbers. Now, it's supposed to be a place for a house of prayer for all nations, but they have made it a den of robbers. And a lot of people will talk about how these people are charging overpriced sacrifices. And that's why he kicked these people out. But that's not what he's alluding to. And he does kick these people out, which is good. They are overpriced on their sacrifice. When people will come all around to sacrifice in the temple, and some of them were not able to bring animals to sacrifice. But he kicked them out and they called them a den of robbers. Now let's think about this. What is a den? Anybody know what a den is? Where everybody sits. Where everybody sits. Okay. What is a den of wolves? Anybody know what a den of wolves are? A wolf den? Like their home. Their home. Right, right. It's where wolves go and they, that's where they live. Here's the thing. These people don't live at the temple. And they're not, and here's the thing about robbers, they don't rob the people at their own, they don't, the robbers don't stay at their house and rob people at their own house, no, or at the robber's house, no. They go to other people's houses and rob them, and then they come home. So the den is the home of the robbers. So they made this temple, the Jewish temple, a home to robbers, to deceivers. It's their hideout. It's their place of security, a refuge. What Jesus does is he's saying, what he's saying to them is that the temple has, come, come, has become a safe place for people who think they can do whatever they want in their life outside the temple and then come to the temple and just be like, oh, I'm good now, I'm hunky-dory, I can relax. He's calling out the hypocrisy of the Jewish people. That's why, that's why he destroyed the fig tree, because the fig tree was showing, oh, fruit, but it came up closer, there was no fruit. He said, you are fake. You are an imposter. You will be destroyed. He's calling out the people that think they can have forgiveness and fellowship with God, no matter how they act outside of those temple courts. How many of us act a completely different way outside of this church building or have different types of friends when we leave this building? I'm not saying you can't have friends that are unbelievers. You should be influencing them instead of them influencing you. You should be the light. 
and, he, and Jesus is calling out those people who are being influenced by the world and being complete hypocrites. He got rid of the fig tree because it was fruitless. It bore no fruits. And so he got, also got rid of the temple because it was bearing no fruit. You might be asking, what is fruit of God? What is the fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these things. The question is, are our lives reflecting this fruit? Does our, do we have fruit in our lives? And are our lives an invitation for others to see God and be invited to God's kingdom? Because that's not what the temple was doing. It was keep, keep, keeping people out. Is your life keep, keeping people away from God? One of the greatest problems that people have that are not believers, they have with Christians is they see them as hypocrites. Now granted, we are never completely perfect. But they're not talking about like, oh, I messed up. They're talking about, no, you literally say something and you act all good in church or you say you're all this, but in, in reality, you do not follow anything you say. Everything that God says, you go completely against. Jesus was wanting to put it into the temple He's not going to put up with people who are, say they are Christians but are complete hypocrites. There's destruction in that. Instead, we are supposed we, we shouldn't be looking at a church building to go for when we should go for refuge, but we should be looking at a church building and seeing, okay, this is where I can just, you know, do whatever, be relaxed and do whatever outside. See, Jesus doesn't save us. Just to be different in one body. He saves us to reflect His light. He also saves us to bring others in. So our lives should be an invitation for others to come to see the light. Now, um, this past uh, Saturday was what? 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 Holiday was this past Saturday? Halloween. Halloween. Who dressed up? Good, good. Um, so our family, uh, we were in the circus. Um, Becca was a clown. Matal was, he was a strong man, he had a, little, he had a rattle like a dumbbell. Um, I was a ringmaster, I had a mustache, and I wore it, I shaved it off. And Julie Rose was a lion. Okay, now, Saturday morning, we usually watch college football. This, Saturday, this past Saturday morning, we watched Disney Plus, National Geographic. And our reason we watched it, we wanted her to see the lion. So we watched this documentary of lions that climb trees. Lions don't usually do that. Well, this one lion toward the end, it, was, uh, it had been caught in a snare. You don't see it get caught in a snare. You see the after effects of the snare. And what happened was, I would show it to you, but it's pretty graphic. But basically, he got caught in a snare. It was a she, actually. It was a lioness. Half of her head, kind of looks like my head, I guess, is like it was indented. It was like scarred up. You can see the, almost the inside of the skull because the snare messed up its head so much. And the people were like, they're like, we got to save this lion. And usually, we, we, people want to save a lion by taking it to a zoo and letting it, you know, be, recover there and just keeping it in the zoo so it's safe for good. 
But no, the, the documentary person's like, no, you don't, you don't, yeah, you can save the line, but we're saving it so that it can stay where it is and help the lions, the lion species flourish. See, Jesus doesn't save us to get us away from the world. He saves us so he can use us to save the world. And you might be thinking, well, how can I do this? Go ahead and put the next point on. Good. See, when you have trust in God in prayer, and you pray to the chosen and you have trust in him, then you have trust in him, he will use you to save others. See, Jesus does a little answer. He answers Peter when Peter says, look at this fig tree. I remember that. And then Jesus kind of really doesn't really address the fig tree. He says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, that does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart. Believes that he will, what he says will come to pass and be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, Believe it, that you received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also in heaven may forgive you. Now, this statement has been generalized way too much. What happens if people say this? Oh, if you pray for it, God's going to give it to you. If, you. if you just pray for it, God's going to answer all your prayers. No, because if that was true, I would have a core of that and that was true, I'd be in the NBA and I would have all my hair. See, Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he prayed in Matthew. He said, Oh, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He's talking about if there's another way where I don't have to be crucified, please do it. The Father said no. Which shows you several things here besides what it says no. So sometimes we don't think we can carry on what God had called us to do. Sometimes we're going to have fear. Sometimes we're going to do things we don't want to do, but we've got to do them when God calls us. But look how Jesus finishes the prayer. He says, nevertheless, it's not as I will, but as you will. Basically, if you say so, I'll say yes. That is a prayer of faith. That is trusting God. God will say no to prayers. But he wasn't just talking about praying to get things here. It, it wasn't, it, it's a bigger thing. He said, it doesn't say you move the mountains. He says this mountain. This specific mountain. And what that's referring to is the temple. The temple on the mount. Mount Zion. Basically, Jesus is alluding to that the temple is going to be destroyed because you can't confine God to a place. See, God's people, God was to be among his people. His presence will be among his believers, his followers. And the temple is going to be destroyed. That's what he's alluding to. But he also talks about forgiveness, guys. Everyone needs to be forgiven. Because we 
we have all sinned. We have all sinned against God. Every time you've wronged a person, you've wronged God. Every time you've done something wrong, thought about it, talked about it, you have wronged God. And we need forgiveness for that. The problem is, our culture tells us we don't think we need forgiveness. We, we're good. We, we do everything right. As long as we have everything that looks good, like if it looks good on the outside, it's good. But that's not the truth. The truth is, we're all broken, just like I talked about that line. And we need to be redeemed. And when you pray for forgiveness, you repent of your sins, God will forgive you. He has kept that promise. So remember that. And so our devotion to Him should not, our devotion to Him should show that, they, that we trust Him in everything and then that light, that fruit should be shown throughout the world and people will want to come to know God because of the way we're living and not be, instead of being a barrier like the temple was, like this fig tree was. So you need to ask yourself, am I being a barrier to people coming to Christ or am I the reason people come to Christ? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day, Lord. Use this word to move us. Let us be open to your spirit. And let us not, always, let us not be afraid to come to you for forgiveness, Lord. Because you have promised that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, high school girls here. Middle school girls break up there. High school guys right there. Middle school guys are here to split up.